0: Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker.
1: Working Class Bowhunter Podcast starts in 3, 2, 1... Oh, it's time once again, ladies and gentlemen, for another episode of the Working Class Hunter Podcast right here at 1600 Buckslayer Place, right here in the climate-controlled Buckatorium. Lovely, beautiful, happened in Metropolis, Sherrard, Illinois. Zip code I keep forgetting, but I'll remember.
0: What's going on? What's going on? Kurt's here as always. Eric is working, actually. Wow. He said, uh, I'd love to come for that episode, but I have to work. He's like, I think I'm going to quit. And I'm like, do it. He's like, I can't. Yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> so
1: you know his heart isn't in this. He'd rather work for a living than do a podcast for I mean, no geez, money. So, I mean, But it that's is the like,
0: Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. So. We're
1: the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. And we've always got our eyes on the prize here. And if you want to keep your eyes on the prize a little bit better this season, I suggest a single pin. And if you're going to get a single pin, you're going to get an HHA Optimizer. This podcast is Brought to you by HHA sports.com Dude, the optimizer is the best site that you're like on, on the market. Everything well, you're it's, gonna it, get it doubles
0: all... as a hunting site and a target site. Yeah. So you people that are like really wanting precision, accuracy in archery, it is a perfect site. Um it's on a dial and actually they have the wheels, the the tape wheels. I guess I I'm forgetting the actual term for it. You can actually remove it with like a set screw so if you have an arrow or broadheads that are different weights that shoot different you can sight in a different sight tape per wheel that you have and you can get as many as you want yeah just switch that out so you know if you're the guy who does use the same bow like say you're using a 35 axle axle bow or a, a 34 and you hunt and do target archery with the same bow you can have two different wheels for two different arrows or however you want to set it up it's uh pretty incredible and the wheels are not expensive i think they're ten dollars
1: something like that yeah so for you guys out there that say oh you know I, i like to i like to shoot 3d and i like to hunt you know but i also want to do paper dude one.
0: everything i just said steve just said it's it just, again so yeah pretty much what i just said
1: <laughs> no, no 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 i'm just it's but it's, yeah. it's, it's such a great thing cuz you can go to hha.com and order as many wheels as you want
0: yep so or and check out workingclassboner.com um you can access all our uh, supporters of the show there and basically find more information about us and what we're doing um, yep. uh, all on social media on com as well
1: and that and that's how we keep uh, keep our eyes on the prize now how we keep going with the fuel in the, the calories that we burn, you know, you're going to need some meat. And when you shoot a deer, what you're going to do, if you're in western Illinois, eastern Iowa, you're going to shoot that deer, all right? You're going to go to Illinois. You're going to drive down Highway 67, right? You're going to get to Viola. You're going to go down a couple hollers. You're going to turn left at the Smith's Custom Meats and Deer Processing right. sign. You're going to go down a couple more hollers, and you're going to come a, come upon a building that is glorious. And it's even longer than it was the year before because he's added on to it. And that's Smith's Custom Meats and Deer Processing. The finest deer processing. uh, I was in there the other day. I I
0: was in there. I was in that area hanging stands with uh, my dad. Oh, it's been about a month now. And we were in that area. I went and stopped in at Smith's. And he's got a new cooler in there and that (sighs) new add on addition. And you could park a full size pickup truck inside this thing. It is insane. So he's ready for shotgun season. He's ready for that November rut during bow season. Um, but yeah, it's just the cleanest deer processor ever that I've ever stepped foot in. Um, I actually have a bunch of Smith's product thawing out in the fridge right now for a barbecue this weekend.
1: Well, there you go. So, Ma- made right there in Viola that backstrap you got thrown out, right? Oh yeah. Oh well, yeah, man, that might have made, been made in Rock Island County. Rock <laughs> Island
0: County, Mercer County. It's all if it's backstrap or venison, it's all it's all good no matter where it's made. All right, go ahead and. Uh,
1: so yeah, each and every week, man. You know, for um, w- we like to do a shout out for the veterans, and uh, this week, you know, um, we do this from time to time. We do want you guys to go check out the Dark Horse Lodge. Um, what it is, it's a, it's a nice retreat for a bunch of combat veterans, um, and you can they'll be able to hunt, fish, you know, relax, share some stories. Um, they can really use your help getting uh, getting everything off the ground. Uh, If you want to email them, mail at darkhorselodge.com. Their website is darkhorselodge.org. They're on Facebook. They can take donations. If you want, you're going to buy stuff on Amazon anyway. If you go to smile.amazon.com, just click it in. Everything is going to work normal. What you're going to do is you're going to buy whatever you buy on there. And a portion of that, you can go ahead and select Dark Horse Lodge. And a portion of whatever you buy is going to go to those guys. So... Um, that's what, uh, that's what we're really, really stoked about. You know, we want to give these combat veterans just a little bit more. You know, they, uh, a lot of guys write that blank check and, um, you know, we appreciate them for that. This podcast brought to you in English and not Russian by veterans. So, um, thank you for that. What we are going to do now is, um, in the studio with us, we've got a state senator with us. Senator Neil Anderson, how you doing, buddy?
2: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, boys. Oh
1: man, you're a little too excited to be on this podcast. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> am. That's
2: what we want, though. We want we
0: want people that talk with confidence. Well, I'm a
2: politician of free media. Free media. That's right.
1: So we talk about doing stuff for vets, and we hope that everybody um, does it. But well, the least
0: we can do is do a shout out on every episode. The and that's least probably we can nothing. Do. Yeah, in real the real world, but we figured we should show appreciation for it and it gets people thinking about it, you Mm -hmm. know, but
1: we have somebody who actually did something for combat veterans. Neil, talk about what you did and then talk about who you are.
2: Sure. Well, uh, thanks again for having me. And uh, yeah, actually, you know, I've been in the, in in the Illinois Senate for this is my second year. And uh, last year, my first bill um, that I had passed and signed into law Um, was a bill specifically geared towards combat veterans coming home. And um, it was a bill that allows them to get their first year's license plate um, fees paid for. Um, And it it isn't much, but uh, when when these guys are coming back, the last thing they need to worry about when they're looking for a job and, and getting back into civilian life is having to go down to the DMV, stand in the line that we all hate, and mm-hmm. pay 105 bucks to register their vehicle again. Um, so we we took that off the table. We said thanks for your service, guys. Here's the least we can do. And I was happy to get that bill done.
0: See, that is awesome, yeah. man. That is very cool.
2: Now, is that uh,
1: this is a this is a kind of oddball question? Is that for if they do one tour duty and then come back? Is that just a one-time thing, or if they Keep going overseas and then coming back.
2: No, nah, it's a it's a one time okay. thing. Yeah, it's a one time uh, thing. It's still a little bit goes a long way
1: and sure. like that's awesome. Yeah. You
2: know. Yep.
0: Yeah, it's just like, well, I gotta go to the D M V now. I just yeah, got I know. back
2: you know, it's like And uh, everybody hates the D M V. We right. all know that. No, yeah.
0: that's awesome. I really yeah. do. That that's yeah. really cool. And it's probably very appreciated. Especially if you go through that experience overseas, whatever you went through. Last thing you want to do is be at the DMV (laughs) exactly, and and, you know, you're paying money too. Mm -hmm. So that's, no, that's really cool.
2: Yeah, for sure. And you know, that's kind of the reason that I, 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 I got into running for office is I never had the opportunity. Um, well, I, I I shouldn't say it that way. I, I, I went from high school straight to college. I, Mm -hmm. I, I played football all the way through college. Um, and, uh, my, my family, a lot of people in my family served in the military and actually, um, it was about Six years ago now, I I was actually, me and my wife and my son were driving home from church. And I told my wife, I said, I got to do something. I I have to serve. And I actually went and talked to a recruiter and had paperwork filled out. And Mm -hmm. I came home and I said, honey, this is what I got to do. And she said, if you think that's what you got to do, then I support you. But she said, why don't you think about serving here? Why don't you think about uh, seeking elected office? And so that's uh, how I wanted to to give back and serve uh my country my community is by serving in public office because as we all know we we have a lot of crooked ones right and in uh, illinois no yeah yeah for sure <laughs> um so yeah that that's uh that's kind of uh how i got into it and yeah it's that reason why i was able to get into this as a as a fireman and paramedic i work for the city of moline i've been there for 10 years right um that's you know I'm a guy that 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 puts fires out and for a which guy, is a big deal
0: I mean that's a job yeah. I honestly wouldn't want to do, but I definitely respect you for that job that you do do with that, so sure
2: well, no, and that's appreciated, but for a guy that um is is a fireman mm-hmm. and before that poured concrete for him to be able to run and get elected for public office. It is the veterans that gave me that opportunity and I will do everything I can, uh, right. to, uh, to serve them. And that's just, uh, that first bill was just a, a stepping stone to what we need to do for our veterans in the for future. Sure. Yeah. Ooh, that's so awesome.
1: For all you keyboard warriors out there, oh, I wish there was something more I could do. Well, you're listening to what you can do. Um, you know, it's, it, it's very cool. And, um, you know, I, I remember because you, you lived behind my parents yeah, and uh, you know that's how. It, like, I always knew you. And then when you were running for a political office, you know, you came in in, in Illinois, which is a very heavy, um, you know, Democrat area. You were like, "I'm running as a Republican," and I, I always had faith in you. Like, don't get me wrong, I,
2: <laughs> sure I, <you> I, <laughs> I, I
1: knew there was no way you were ever going to run or win. I absolutely knew that, but I'll tell you what, man, I, I had faith in you. And when you won, I was like, "Oh wow." <laughs> Like, yeah. I, was sitting in, I was sitting in my house watching. I was like, there's no way. So I was super excited for you, and, um, you know, this is tying into how we got you on here. Um, I remember I, I was out there working with my dad. Well, my dad was working. I was watching him, and he came over, and we, we were talking, and you were like, hey, you're a bow hunter? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you go, uh, hey, i tell you what, man. I just uh, introduced a bill um, that'll allow, you know, you to be able to shoot coyotes with a crossbow. And I was like, okay, cool, man. Yeah, so I, I looked into it, and, um, you know, we got to talking more and more, and I was like, this is actually a politician who's standing up for hunters. You know, and um, that's kind of what got the ball rolling. We're glad we got you here. Um, Which so I
0: think, though, too, when you bring that up, a politician that stands behind hunters, we're such a tight-knit family that, yeah. you know, if we think – that's the thing, like I, – and I hate to even bring this up so early – Trumps, kids, hunt – and Trump yeah. was at the outdoor show awards. Yeah. I don't know about Trump, whatever, but all those people saw that he was there supporting it. Mm-hmm. It's just a, a family that will push behind you when you support them. It, sure. The hunters will come together and just make stuff happen. Yeah. So I think, you know, definitely if you're a hunter, and if you support hunters, you know, you got the whole yeah. family behind you on stuff, you know.
2: No, for sure. And I I've said, uh, you know, since the very beginning when I initially started running for office. Um yeah, yes, I I am a Republican. I'm a conservative, but so is the district I represent. Even though it's known as being very democratic. Right. It's it's really not. I mean, they have the same values as as, as I do. They just call themselves something different. Mm-hmm. And uh a lot of it has to do with uh with the unions. Um, I'm a union firefighter and right. that is, uh, I think that's one thing that the Republicans, um, uh, a lot have, have alienated themselves. Right. Right. Uh, they've, they've said, uh, uh, you know, unions are evil and, and they're not, uh, you know, I am a, a very, very, um, pro union Republican. Right. But at the, at the heart of the district, um, uh, folks generally are pro-life, uh, they're, they're pro-gun. Right and uh, they're pro union and and that's that's what i represent and that's and that's what i am right um i've always said that i am willing to compromise and talk with anyone the only two things i won't compromise on i'm a pro life guy that's not that's a principle i won't Compromise on, right. and you won't ever mess with my guns or the citizens of the United States guns. I'm a staunch Second Amendment guy, right. and I will not compromise on that. Mm-hmm. Um, everything else, let's sit down and talk. Right. You know, we can get these things done. We're, which, we're not, well, much. yeah, is you're, you're pro life,
1: risk- except when it comes to like mature deer, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's, a, that's yeah. a little different. Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> but no, that's a good stance to have. And it's funny, you know, we are the working class bow hunter, and when you brought up the unions, I. You know, I we were talking before the podcast, and I don't know what I am. I guess you could say I'm more of a Republican than anything, but a Libertarian is what yeah, you guys you're call me. Yeah,
1: you're leaning towards the Libertarian,
0: I, and that's mm-hmm. probably true. I, you know, I don't care what anyone does. You do your thing, I'll do my thing, and I, I don't know. Well, I'm, in, I agree more with Republicans. I'm on more on that side, but I'm, you know, unions are Democrat uh, for the most part, right? I don't know if that if I could say that generally, but the unions I've been in in, in the area. But I've always been pro-union.
2: Yeah. No, and that's the problem with political parties is we generalize everything. We say, oh, he's a Republican, then he's against this, this, and this. Right. Or he's a Democrat, and he's against this, this, and this. That's not the way it works. Right, right. And there's too many politicians out there that are – that are so concerned with getting reelected and they know that they have to get that money during reelection from the party. Right. So they will follow lockstep and do everything they're told like a good little puppy dog to make sure they get the money from the party to get reelected. And I'm, I am so proud and I, I, I I shouldn't boast. Uh, but I have one of the most independent voting records in the Illinois Senate. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you, 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 uh, I, I judge my success based on who in the establishment I piss off. Right. And I piss off both sides. <laughs> nice. Uh, right, so, right. So I think I'm doing okay. See, that's a good
0: thing, yeah. though. I think when working class bow hunters and whoever see that this guy's making these people mad and these yeah. people mad, there's something to that. And it's – it's it, I don't know. It's cool to see that because it's showing you're doing something the way it probably should be done, and you can't – like. Segment it to this side or the other side yeah
2: yeah the the other you know the other issue is and I, I i'm sure um steve knows this but you know that was one of the things that i i didn't want holding me down or tempting me rather was look at the benefits that politicians especially in the state of illinois get I right. mean, I, I that's and, and I refuse the legislator pension. I refuse the legislator health care, which is better than you can get anywhere else in the state mm-hmm. because it's wrong. These guys get these things and they want to hold on to it and they will say do anything right. to hold on to it right to right. your face. A lie to you. Turn around and do something else. Wow. And it's got to stop. Right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, the 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 one
1: thing that, you know, Obviously, my girlfriend is uh, – we have very different political views. She always liked you because <laughs> of the things that you would do for the elderly adults, especially sure. in this area. Like, Which you were cool. standing up. You're like, dude, we need to help these people. And, you know, you've been so good at crossing over, you know, that there, there's the party line that, you know, you have. Obviously, both people or both sides will, will, will disagree on. But where you found – like, you started crossing in and, you know, why I think it's important with hunting – is if you go to any of these union meetings, right, obviously, you know, you'll hear hear Democrat, um, pro-Democrat things, which, you know, if that's what you believe, I'm happy that you believe that. But if you go in there as, you know, looking at, you know, you, you take everything out. If you go into these meetings and you look and you say, hey, how many of you people hunt? Mm-hmm. The amount of people that are going to raise their hands. Mm-hmm. And that's at least one issue that I think we can all agree on. I'm say, well, the I think thing that we is, haven't got too much hate mail. Well, but.
0: we actually have it. And that's surprising the way we talk yeah. about hunting and some of the stuff I've said on the podcast, some of the stuff that you have said on the podcast, mm-hmm. and especially against people that are like PETA is very extreme. And some of the stuff that we have said about PETA, we haven't got a whole lot of hate mail. And we actually thought we were going to have so much hate mail we could make a segment out
2: of it. Yeah, we <laughs> did. At First, we did. <laughs> we
0: planned a segment for it and it never happened.
2: A PETA is, wor- is a worthless organization. Oh, absolutely. They they actually kill more animals than uh, than hunters do. It's it's all they're they're a shill. They're a shill right. organization, and they are in it for what most organizations are in things for, and that's money. Right. Right. And uh, they should be ashamed of themselves. Do you
0: have people from PETA come? To your office or contact you on a frequent basis, or is that kind of a few and far between thing?
2: Yeah, no, I well, not so much anymore. Right. Um, <laughs> when I first started, and and I'm I'm one of the very few legislators that that have an open door policy, especially down in Springfield. Um, you know, if I'm not in a meeting in my office, I leave my door open, and somebody walks by and they say, Senator Anderson, can we talk to you? Absolutely, come on in, let's talk. Right. Um, Peta is. One of them that uh, well, I, I don't even have to tell them to go away anymore. They just don't stop. Uh, right? They're they're just uh, they are a kook fringe organization that has no respect for number one themselves, but they don't understand um, that hunters, um, especially the American hunter, mm-hmm. are the most conservation minded people. Right. On the planet. Well, they
0: don't understand conservation. And they don't understand how. That's right. Someone that kills an animal. Could actually care more for that animal's life. And the. the it's not the animal as an individual. It's the. The species is what we care for. Yeah. Because. You know. Right. They look at it as like. You killed this deer as an individual. Well. There's a reason why. This. Whatever species you're hunting. That you take that deer. Because you're looking. One. It, it look, breaks it down to this. If I'm sitting here with someone. That's against hunting. They. They're looking at one single white tailed deer and they're like, You killed it, it's gone. Poor deer. And I'm looking at them saying, I care more about white tailed deer as a whole, even if you want to break it down to an individual animal, more than you ever will or you could ever imagine. Right. And they just can't wrap their head around how can you kill it if you
2: care more for these, it. These these are the same people that, that that they say, Why would you kill a why would you kill an animal when you can go to the grocery store and get it there? Right. It's really? just they don't well, get it. Well, these are on, the though. same people that, uh, when you ask them if there's a dog and a child drowning, who are you going to say first? And they'll say whichever's closer. Really, <laughs> come on. Right.
1: Well, hold on, because PETA. To you know, be in PETA's defense, they're the uh, the group that took um, the white-tailed deer that was down to about five hundred thousand or something in nineteen nineteen and grew them to thirty-three million. Right. That's PETA. <laughs> no. No, you're,
0: no, you're, you're, you're right. mixed up. That's us, Steve. Oh, oh, the hunters! Yeah, we did oh, that. I well, shouldn't have sent money to yeah, Peter. Wild turk. Hey, <laughs> my bad. They did save wild turk. Oh wait, no, that was us too. We saved the wild turkeys. That wasn't yeah. PETA? No, it was us. We did. Why that? do I
1: keep sending them my money? Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. so I give money. So people who. Kill yeah All okay. Right. So, okay I'm not these, these, I'm it, confused. It,
2: it, and this is the same reason, um, and I know you guys wanted to talk about it is that Bobcat bill, yeah yeah, Ooh, we wanna get this onto that is, there we go. This is the same reason why that bobcat bill that uh myself and Senator Sam McCann um from the Springfield area uh fought so hard and got this bill passed mm-hmm. um to talk get
0: into some detail on this because i i I don't know a lot about it, and I probably should um. I didn't apply for a bobcat tag. I probably won't for a little while. I don't know why. I don't. Re- I'm just. I. It sure. doesn't. I feel like it doesn't affect me either way. But it affects the hunting community, right. and I guess I'm part of that, so it does. So I just kind of want you to explain that and just get into the background of it, right? Which was that's where you were going. So I'll just let you take it from here. <laughs> yeah, sure. No. <laughs>
2: so, so what we wanted the the purpose of the bill um was to number one make sure we can have healthy. um a healthy population of bobcats in the state of illinois right they are a beautiful animal mm-hmm. and the other thing that the purpose of the bill is to start a season uh to control that population so we don't have bobcats running through the streets of chicago like we have coyotes doing now. right right um it is fully regulated by the illinois dnr they uh are able to issue the number of tags per county that they see fit. Okay, and so the this is uh, this is not uh, what I got thousands of emails, uh, hate emails of why are you co-sponsoring such a bill? You're ki- killing these little kitties. Right. It's it's not a bill that says okay you can go out and kill as many bobcats as you can find. That's not how it works. Yeah, this, that's not conservation anyway. Yeah, absolutely. This is a bill that is regulated by scientists through the state that work for IDNR and say we can take this many bobcats in this county, this many bobcats in this county, none in this county, uh, and we can safely grow a healthy population of bobcat in the state of Illinois. Mm -hmm.
1: Which, a side note, it's really refreshing to know that thousands of people actually watch what a Senator will co-sponsor like a bill wise. Mm-hmm. Like that's actually kind of a refreshing thing. That because, is honestly, that really is, you know, uh, maybe people are watching for the wrong reasons, but at least they're watching, you know, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. And, um, you Just, know, I want more hunters to be aware of, of, of the situation. You know, I, I don't want I'm guilty
0: of not being aware. Yeah. I and, am guilty of that. And I'll be the first to admit it.
1: And I, I don't want to uh, take this. Uh, cause you know, it, I wanna take this I, I wanna bring this point up before I forget, but the way that things kinda of work, you know, how laws and things get into place. I, I first noticed this when um something I want to talk about here in a few minutes, um, were cougars, wolves, and I think the American black bear were now as a protected species and the governor signed that into law and I my first thought was why is the governor signing a law that the dnr should be regulating so you know i kind of want to get into um you know a couple things can we
0: finish the bobcat thing first yeah yeah
1: why don't we do that yeah let's let's do that and then come back to that
0: yeah i feel neil's got more brain capacity so he'll remember to get back to that
2: (laughs) well (laughs) you you started off steve by saying that that uh you know uh, uh, legislators' co sponsoring bills and and refreshing. I want to give the listeners uh, an idea of what's refreshing. This is probably the fourth or fifth podcast I've done, the first one uh, that's focused on hunting, and I appreciate that, and that is refreshing. Uh, So the listeners know I'm in about a 15-by-7-foot room with deer heads all around (laughs) me, and, and this is the first podcast where I've been offered a beer and I'm actually drinking a beer right now, doing this podcast, and that—that that is refreshing. So thank you guys very much for that. <laughs> thank oh, hey, you. <laughs> you
1: know, we only give you watered down beer, so you're refreshed. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I appreciate that. It's—it's yeah. it's cool that you say that with pride and confidence. I didn't—I was going to leave that up to you to even oh, talk absolutely. about work. Absolutely, it's, it's
2: awesome. Well, you know where the—you
1: cool. know this is the this is the working man. I mean, we want to talk about real issues and and as you know, working men that we are. I mean, we love to hunt. And you know it's like uh, guys like you that decide uh, not not guys like you in the bad way, but politicians that really decide sometimes how we can hunt. Well, the thing is too Which, is like
0: our listeners are gonna are hear uh, hear this, and the ones that live in Illinois they know like we got this guy that can actually put in a, a good word that can really get to where it needs to go, mm-hmm. and. Get stuff to where it needs to be, and like if we have to have to change something in the hunting community about a, a law that doesn't make sense or yeah. something that should be in place, you know, it's you
1: can be the guy. It's refreshing. It's like having that you know that guy that's friends with that girl. Like, hey, can you tell her I like her? You know, <laughs> and you never know that could lead to a beautiful thing. But um, <laughs> so the, let's get, let, let's get back to the bobcats r- really quick. Um, obviously, you guys are trying to do all you can to. Bring the bobcat population back Mm -hmm. And you know you take science And um, there's something we'll get into later But you know I I think that what PETA doesn't understand is If you take one life That ruins a whole population But it's like But if you systematically take lives It grows the population So I, I just never understood why PETA doesn't understand that Look when we do this We're doing it for the long term you know what I mean? I, I just I I fail to understand why they think that way. I mean, I guess I could think know why they do it in the they don't understand the, moment, the structure, but well, they don't. Yeah, they don't. And the Peter doesn't
2: appreciate the fact that uh, you know when you're driving down the interstate and you don't hit a deer, um, that that is hunters that are uh, that are um, responsibly controlling the population. Right. That you're probably not going to hit a deer. Right. Um, you know, if we stop uh, if we stop hunting. People are going to be dying.
0: Yep, you know, Pe- yeah, and will disease die. is
2: going to spread, mm-hmm. and uh, that's something that they they refuse to uh, that they refuse to buy into.
0: And another thing they forget is I think deer need what does a deer eat and forage a year twenty two hundred like over a ton of forage a year yeah in the in the forest and it's just a lot of deer run out of food real quick. Yep, when you add that's a lot of that's a lot of food and leaves. You know, it's leaves is what they eat, right. corn and leaves. Yep. You know, and it's you have an overpopulation of deer. They're going to run out of food really quick. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to starve to death.
2: That's right. You That's know? right. But I like my deer big. There you go. Right.
0: Well, I mean, you know, if – I don't know. We have disease – in, yeah. in humans and that you know we there's a natural way of that thins us out and if if there was no disease we'd be so overpopulated it'd be sickening that's right you know and it it sucks there is disease but it's a necessary part of life in a weird way that's kind of maybe a twisted way to look at it i don't know but um so let's talk i don't know how much there is to say about the bobcat thing uh,
2: that's i mean that's that's really the gist of it i mean it's 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 a good bill that is going going to uh allow more people to enjoy bobcats safely and uh, the population is what gonna are grow the, safely.
0: i don't know if you know this but what are like i don't know I, I know you said it varies by county um rock island county mercer county is right where we're at i hunt a lot of times in rock island county mm-hmm. i have never seen a bobcat or had a trochan picture but my buddy that does hunt mercer county he sees them every year mm-hmm. all the time first like first day oh hey i saw a bobcat so it's just crazy it can be that close. He sees bobcats all the time. I never see them. So I imagine Rocky, I mean, maybe not maybe it's just my property, you know. So, so oh, one county could give out 10 or 10 to 100 tags.
2: Yep. yep. It's completely up to DNR and and the beauty of the uh, of the legislation is is that when you go to buy your deer tag and if DNR is allowing bobcats to be taken, um you can pay 5 bucks for a bobcat tag and okay if you're out deer hunting and you see one and you have your tag you can take that bobcat um, um when there's no more tags left obviously just like deer yeah, just you're like, not going to be able to get
0: one and that's why the dnr when you shoot a deer um if you guys hunt in illinois and i don't know maybe other states have this that surveys how many bobcats have you seen in this county during this season yep and they do wild pigs turkeys which is scary yeah wild pig thing is scary
1: yeah
0: um steve what else did you want to hop on
1: so um
0: Oh yeah, the the predators.
2: The yeah,
1: you. this is um this is something that um you know I'm not gonna blame you for, but you are the government, so you're wrong. I'm not <laughs> <a government laughs> for this. Boy. You represent all of the government even though this was passed before you <laughs> oh boy. Um you know, when uh, a couple years ago and we talked about this a couple times, um Illinois governor intro well, he was the governor at this point, Pat Quinn uh signed into law, which I want to get into how these things come to be, but I want to ask you something about this. He passed in a law protecting mountain lions, bears, and wolves. And as rare as these things are, we all know that that mountain lions and things are in this area from time to time. Uh, You know, two, three years ago, um, a mountain lion was shot in someone's corn crib in... Morrison. uh, I think it was... Was Mor- it Morrison or Morrison, Geneseo? Morrison, Illinois. So it's Morrison, Illinois. So, you know, I'm just trying to trying to understand why this law, you know, because you know these, you deal with these people every day that would have voted for it. Maybe not. Again, hey, I'm not trying to blame you, but again, you are the government, so you get the full blame right now.
2: <laughs> I love how I'm being referred to as the government. <laughs> You're the man, you know? <laughs> oh my You're God. Mycroft, all right?
1: Uh. So, um... I don't understand why this law would be in a place when you've got something that's so rare in this area. Why they would be protected? Why I can't
2: shoot a mountain? That really lion.
0: shouldn't be here. It's not native. That sh- yeah,
2: that now. shouldn't be here. Yeah, well, and that's uh, that's the thing that absolutely is ridiculous because the, the law says is that you know it puts a moratorium on on these animals, but right. if your life is threatened. You can shoot. You it. can shoot it. If I right. see a mountain of lion, my life is in danger. danger. Yeah. You don't you need... Know? It's so infrequent that the only time you're going to see it is if your life is probably in danger, and then right. we're right back to not needing the law.
0: Right. It's just... It's kind of bizarre.
2: Yeah. Well, but. and that's... And, and that is the problem, um, and the fundamental difference between... Uh, pardon the expression, but liberals and conservatives. Conservatives want smaller government, and things are going to work themselves out on a a local level, and uh, when there's a need, and and liberals are, you know, the government needs to take care of everything. Everything is a a one-size-fits-all, and um, that's not the way it works. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, because I will say
0: this, though. I see a mountain lion in my woods, you know, especially in daylight. Son, your life is in danger as far as i'm concerned that thing's hunting me yeah you know gonna, but the chances of me seeing i mean maybe not but the chances yeah. of me seeing a mountain lion at 10 yards with my bow i'm going to be like uh either i don't don't shoot at it and it keeps going or it turns on me and i'm dead before i know it you know cuz you know uh,
1: cause, uh, you know how rare i wonder Nah, nah I, don't, I don't i don't even want to go in the statistics go there. okay <laughs> okay. He, okay he pushed fine. him oh, he fine. pushed him He okay. was on the edge fine. He, all right if if we want to if we want to go there your chances of seeing a mountain lion in the woods while you're deer hunting in Rock Island County, Illinois versus your chances of being caught by a mass shooter at a Wendy's in the same county. No, no. Oh. He <laughs> see, went there. He see, I went it. there. But you can understand that if I see a mountain lion, that's a dangerous situation anytime. You know, I, I, guys, I don't care.
0: our listeners out west that live with mountain lions—yeah, these guys are laughing.
1: Oh, <laughs> these guys are laughing. Like, dude, we see
2: mountain lions like three times a day. So, yeah. So, quick story: uh, my my parents live in rural Walcott, Iowa, just okay. across the river. <laughs> yeah, so
1: everything in Walcott is rural. <laughs> well, that's true.
2: So, this was—it's uh, was probably six months ago—and my my uh, I was actually in Springfield, and my mom calls me, and she's like, Neil, I don't know what to do. I'm like, what's going on? And she's like, your dad left for work, and I was sitting out on the front porch, and uh, I w- I was drinking my coffee before I went into work, and Wyatt, their dog, they got a Australian Shepherd, he started growling at the at the trees, <laughs> and she said, what what's wrong with you? And she got up and she walked over. They they got like this shelter belt in front of their house. Uh uh-huh. Um, their their front of their house points north, and she got up and there was a big mountain lion, literally twenty feet from her laying under one of the pine trees. Whoa. And I'm. <laughs> and He's I, a
1: senator, so he isn't lying. Yeah. <laughs> Big government guy right here, never lying to us. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, so I I mean, I, And I told her, I
2: was like, well, go inside. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Wait, so was not, she calling you while she was looking at it? No, no. Okay. It, 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 had, it had actually, She, when it seen her, it got up and took off and ran across the cornfield. But needless to say, my mother now drinks her coffee with her AR-15 by her side. <laughs> Your mother's a patriot. Well, the thing is, let's <laughs> well, say like, you should always drink your coffee. You, you got to ask AR-15. yourself though,
0: when a mountain lion gets in Iowa, it's you know really, the, I guess you'd call it the migration of that mountain lion from wherever it was from to our. Or it was. I'm a conspiracy theorist. The government let it go there. To yeah, oh yeah. The population. Mm. Maybe not.
2: It but. had the, it
1: had the tracking chip in it. So if you would have shot it, so like the, the movie DNR Funny was... Farm,
2: where where they're showing the house and he says, "Release the deer." And the deer runs out. from oh, people showing the house. I have not seen that. Oh, I haven't even got to see it.
0: But the thing is, it's like that's not that far for an animal like that to travel from. Probably wherever its home natural core area was. Like if it wanted to just like I'm going to venture off and get somewhere else, it's yeah. not that difficult for a stealthy nocturnal animal to do that over a month. And, you know what I mean? It's you know, not right. that issue. You know, and then he gets further east or further south, wherever it's from, or you know I don't know wherever it came from. Oh, there's a heavy deer population here. I'm gonna keep venturing in. It's easy. Yeah, you, you know, know. But it's... what
1: they, but what they always tell us is that a lot of times when you see these like mountain lions, especially, it's um the juvenile males. You know the 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 what they call like right. the
2: teenager males. Yeah, they're looking for a mate. Yeah, and yeah. that's
1: what the government Neil Anderson
0: tells us. Eric, but Eric from the podcast, our host that's not here, and I wish he was here because he could put input. His buddy sent him a video in um, cl- just outside of Clinton. I think it was Clinton. A black bear. His yeah. buddy filmed the black bear running through a cornfield. Yeah,
1: that was uh, that was another thing that they, they like. They saw one and they decided to protect it in Illinois. See, when they tell you it's a it's a juvenile, <laughs> right? The the government. You you're the yeah, government. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
2: Uh, it, I'm happy we got this figured out. So now when you say the government, I just I'll know just you're going to me, yeah, you, well, me. No, you can't <laughs> throw
0: him under that bus because when I say the government, I'm like all getting all conspiracy theory, all weird.
1: Yeah, right. You know what happens about UFOs. But in uh, in 2013, a female, a female gray wolf was hit and killed by a car in LaSalle County. So if it's a female, right, that throws the whole – and this is a wolf, right? So a female wolf, what would she be doing here? And they never said if she was a juvenile, but, you know, understand that, that the wolf population,
0: it's not that far for a wolf you know, though, to get it, it here. It's or even really black not beard. that far.
1: So, you know, that's just kind of one of the things that for us, you know, in Iowa, they're like, yeah, if you see one, shoot one. Right. You know,
2: it's kind of goofy. And um
1: you
2: know, well, let me
0: get back to him here, though. Like, how hard would that be for us to change?
2: Well, I mean. You got to look at the makeup of of the legislature right now. And unfortunately, uh, the opposite party has, you know, super majorities in both chambers. And unfortunately, um, the the downstate Democrats who are great people for the most part, they have to answer to the Chicago Democrats. Yeah, right, right. Who are beholden to PETA to mm-hmm. uh right. you know all the environmental groups and so it's very hard to get certain things done right. um a perfect example th- this last session I had uh I think six bills that um had something to do with second amendment right um, one was uh you should be able to carry concealed at public rest areas right one was to carry concealed on public transportation um and, and and several others but I couldn't even get those bills to be heard in committee. Which is crazy. Which is absolutely ridiculous. Right. Um, but they know that the general population of the state of Illinois outside of Chicago supports those issues. So they don't want to put their downstate Democrat legislators in that predicament of having to vote for something that Chicago doesn't yeah. want. Yeah,
0: right. Well, Chicago's a different planet, as far as it I'm is. concerned. Yeah, it is. And the thing it's and completely unrelatable to Sherrard, Illinois, where <laughs> there's six hundred people where yeah. almost I would say 60 percent of the people in charard hunt
2: yeah you know, it, you know and, and, and and let me let me just say this really quick um there are a lot of good downstate democrats i'm friends with many of them right and it's it's unfortunate and it is sickening to me because i talk to them down in springfield and they are just as frustrated on a lot of these issues right as we republicans are um right. so i it, it's it's sad it's right. sad.
1: Yeah. So I I wanted to to uh bring up that's why I brought that uh cougar law up, you know, why something as mundane as one cougar being shot is such a big thing and you know, you you look at the structure and you know, people can you can give us insight because you are the government. <laughs> You're everything in the government. Um there's like committees and uh there's one uh and I'm I, I tried to bring the bring the name up and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but um it's the wildlife conservation committee is that right
2: uh that might be a uh, a committee in, in the house in the senate yeah um, it was it was a house committee for yeah, sure yeah in in the senate most of the hunting uh and, and uh bills uh, as far as conservation go through the ag committee which i am actually the yeah. minority spokesperson for for the senate okay. ag committee um so yeah that's uh if they get through the house or um uh, come over uh, that's uh the committee that they've yeah. been going through
1: the agriculture and uh uh conservation committee now when you go and look at this with um with who's who's represent you know uh, some representatives in the house um you know there was a, there was a really interesting dynamic and this is like one of the first things i saw that i knew that you know no matter what you vote politically it still comes back to like hunting there's Equal number of Republicans and Democrats, and one of the guys that I actually got to meet, and I talked to you about this before. Uh, well, I'm not seeing him here. Andy Skog, mm-hmm. Skog, Skog, Skog. Yeah, I met the guy. Great guy. You know, I'm sitting there talking to him. Uh, uh, my buddy Tim, or our buddy, mm-hmm. I should say. I'm not Tim. Just Kitts. Tim good, Kitts
0: good friend of the podcast,
1: introduced us, um, and you know, we were talking, and the way he was talking to me, and. It's just in the back of my head, I was like, oh, this dude, this dude's a total Republican. <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm a Democrat. And I was like, wow, well, that's kind of nuts. And, you know, he stuck to his issues. But when it came to hunting, everything that this – is, this is really interesting to me. Take all the other issues out, you know, right to work, any of that stuff. It doesn't matter. When it comes to hunting, he had these same exact ideas – as any Republican would, of how to make the hunting experience better because he's like, dude, at the end of the day, no matter what you vote for, no matter what you do in your life, when you come to hunt, you know, family, harvesting the animal legally and keeping it around for your family is the most important thing.
0: It's heritage. That's
1: right. It's heritage. So, you know, when you see one of these committees and, you know, a lot of guys might get nervous when they see, oh, there's Democrats on there, which... You gotta look at the area. So what I did is I went and looked at where each of these um, representatives were from. Mm-hmm. None of them were from Chicago. So where my big issue is, and you know, this is me preaching smaller government. Even like when you get to the state level, I do not think that Chicago representatives and senators really should have a say in what happens to things that they can't control. I mean. That's like – It'd basically just be like us here making – Rules for Chicago. Rules for Chicago doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah, he agrees with that. I mean, I'm guaranteed you do by just what you've said. Yep,
2: for sure.
1: And, you know, because we've got our ideas, but but I think there comes a certain point in time where, you know, you have to look at it as each area is going to function differently. Like Cairo, Illinois, and I can't think of what the most northern – city in Illinois but they're so so vastly different. You know, it just I don't know. It's one of those concerning things that you've get somebody who's lived in a high-rise apartment their whole life and they don't understand how how October 1st is so important to so many people. Like October 1st for a lot of people in Sherrard, Illinois
2: that's it's like Christmas. It's Christmas. Yeah.
1: And they know they're going to be eating the healthiest meat they've ever eaten in their life. But in Chicago, Octo- all October 1st means is playoff baseball, which if you're on the north side, doesn't really matter that much. But no harsh criticism to Cubs fans. But it's so different. There's nothing. like I, it, I don't know. I'm, I'll just cut it off there. You guys understand what I'm talking about. How do you feel about that you know that Chicago politicians I don't care what side they're on get to have a say in what happens in to areas like let's well, bring it back to hunters, they, to
0: hunters they have a yeah. say what plays into what our lifestyle is
2: Exactly yeah Yeah well and that, that's that is the frustrating part and um that's why I'm I'm such a big fan of uh, the bringing independent maps to the state of Illinois Um, rather than the party in control being able to draw where the legislative, uh, lines are, it would be, uh, an independent group and also term limits. Um, you know, you got guys like Speaker Mike Madigan who have been there 44 years. Um, he's been Speaker of the House since I've been crapping my, I was crapping my diapers. (laughs) Um,
0: and... Right, how's that work? That's insane.
2: It is insane. And, um... It just the uh, he, he just it's it's all about power, right that's the only reason anybody stays in government that long is the, power
0: The thing is like you have such a good mindset. I know that from I mean we talked a little bit before the podcast, but we're not even fifty minutes in, and it's just like it's refreshing to talk to you because I'm like there's hope for governmental power and people that are getting into it that have a more of an impact and a push for the hunting community because. At the end of the day, that's really all I care about is hunters and the family of hunters. And it really, I mean, you know, by talking to me, I'm not that deep into politics. Steve is engulfed in pro wrestling and politics. That's what he does. And <laughs> that's a good life. It's a good, a, it's a good life. What, to live. Yeah.
2: I tell you what, that's a good combo.
0: <laughs> and I'm, I'm all hunting. I, you know, I, yeah, I think you do what you want and just hunt and yeah. have a good time and live your life. And so it's refreshing to talk to you and see that you're for us.
2: Yeah, and, and no offense to you, Curtis, but it's important that you pay attention to politics because... For um, sure, for sure. Um, because the last thing we want is is bigger government putting more regulations and, and silly rules on hunters um, that are simply... The vast majority are simply trying to put food on the table for their family. Yeah, right. Um, you know, I... I Although I I really am jealous of of some of the deer I see hanging in here, when I <laughs> oh, hunt,
1: especially your first couple deer, he's jealous of. Kurt must be a stud. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, it, it, when I hunt, and I've I've always been this way. I've never been the trophy guy. I've right. never been out there like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass up that big doe or that button buck. Um, if it's a good sized deer and it's early in the season, I'm putting meat in the freezer. Right. If it's the last date, which this last season it was actually i I was hunting cwd season oh yeah and it was literally this is no joke it was 10 minutes before shooting hours ended Uh and uh, a group of about six of them came out and i was actually putting stuff in my bag when they walked out in front of my blind and um luckily there was a really really big doe that put about 60 pounds of hamburger in my freezer but um yeah, at that point, you know, I, I would have taken anything because right. that's why I hunt. I, I want to put good food into my kids. Mm-hmm. Organic and, protein, man. And not that crap that you buy off the shelf at the For store. sure. And yeah. The thing
0: is, you know, we have a good, the beautiful thing about our listeners and the cool thing about it is we have a good mix of trophy hunters and meat hunters. And the thing I always say, trophy hunting is just fine tune conservation. You're taking sure. the elderly out of the herd and you're yeah being selective is yeah. all you're doing. Yep. And that's another thing PETA doesn't understand. You know right. you know, young, immature deer don't typically grow big antlers. And right they should actually if if they're gonna do anything for hunting, you should support trophy hunting because Absolutely only mature animals typically are getting mm-hmm. shot. I'd yep. say ninety percent of the time trophy hunting it's a, more of a mature animal. But um but, yeah, like you said it. Your family's going to eat organic burger that yep. they wouldn't have had, and you'd be going to Walmart or whoever and buying beef that you don't know who touched it right. to feed your kids or who your wife or, you know, the people you care about the Which most.
2: Which is why I'm looking forward to October for my son's uh, youth hunt because I need to put more of it in the freezer because it's gone now. <laughs>
0: we'll just, yeah, there you go. <laughs> the kids like it and everything like that? Oh, absolutely. Um,
2: there
1: was uh, actually, you know, uh, speaking of youth hunting, um, there was a bill that um, that you – did and uh well let me see if i can find it
2: 2788 is you explain, know what you know what it is explain, explain what this is yeah so this is a bill that i introduced uh last year and i i actually introduced it because a couple of years was my son's first year hunting and uh it it bothered me that um by the current law i couldn't sit out in the stand with a gun during u season with my son right um i paid for the tag Mm-hmm. My son's hunting. Now, what this bill does is it is it basically says that um, if I were to shoot the deer, I can tag it with my son's tag. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand that, and I've talked in length with opponents of this bill, and, and I get it. I, I, I get that. They're scared of uh people being you know, shady about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dad's going out there and uh their kid number one not even being there right. and just filling their tag. Right. Or their kid being there and, and it's a big trophy buck or something and dad's like, No, you sit back, I'm gonna take this one. Right. <laughs> I, yeah. right. It, I I get the concern. That's but, the one thing I was gonna bring up. Right, right. And again, I get the concern, but again, it it goes back to uh what I said earlier. Ninety-nine percent of American hunters are out there for the right reasons. Yeah, right. and they do it because of the love of the the hunt and and putting food in their freezer. Right now, if it's a situation where my son is um, at the last day of youth season and we haven't seen anything, and there is a deer that he wounds, and it's still you know it's still going off, and right. he's not experienced enough. To be able to take a second shot with a deer on the run, right? And I can be able to take that second shot and put it down. Um, For sure. I th- I think that should be okay.
1: See, and yeah, yeah that's kind of how an
2: there's an argument there. Yeah, and- there is, and I will not deny that there is a a, right. a actual valid argument to that. But again, it goes back to
0: the, let there- me let me throw a stick in the spokes here. And and I, I completely understand. I get what you're saying completely. And I do agree. That's a good point. You know, mm. kids don't always make the best of shots. They get nervous. Maybe their parents put a little pressure on them, make a shot quicker than what they should. right You know, deers get wounded. It, it, that would be a good thing. You'd be able to be like, follow up. Let him have, get him, let him close up on his deer. Even if he, he right. hits that thing in the hind quarter and you right. finish with a perfect heart shot. That's great for that kid. right You don't got to tell him any different. Um I'm I'm primarily a bow hunter, and I do I do see your point for sure, and I'm mm. not disagreeing with you. Yep. But And I understand the argument. And that's and I'm glad you brought it up and knew there was an argument. And that sure. shows that you know about the the game of hunting. I cringe a little honestly, and this is just me personally about the. I, I think Illinois guns, and I'll bring this up too. This will be a good topic. I think Illinois gun seasons need to be uh, rearranged. Um yeah. I think that. I think Illinois should model their firearm seasons off of Iowa, how they do it. What The only thing I don't like about Illinois like firearm season is how it's in the middle of the rut almost to where the it's, a, it's just a slaughterhouse of just people. You just hear story after story of people just blast and deer like crazy. It's in the middle of the rut. Yeah. And uh, to me, the way I understand Iowa has it before and after the rut. Yeah. And then bow hunters get the full middle rut. Um which, if it stays the same, illinois for how forever that's mm-hmm. fine, but I think that the one main issue I have is that being a hardcore bow hunter, I prefer not to gun hunt mm-hmm. I will sometimes um but i I it bothers me that i can't bow hunt during gun season, even if I wear blaze orange, yeah, that's one thing I would really love to see um see change because. I'm the guy who's out there that probably knows more than the guy who only hunts two weekends a year. Right. So if I wear a blaze orange and I'm doing the same thing I would do normally, well, what's it? What's the difference, really? You know what I mean? That's yep. one thing I'd really like to see a good word put in is like let guys that bow hunt bow hunt during gun season but wear blaze orange yeah, while they do even
1: it. Even if you're on your own well, personal property. I threw a lot at you,
0: know? you right there too between no, your yeah, bill and yeah. that. And,
2: and I th- I think the biggest uh, the biggest issue. Uh, law and language wise that you're going to see mm-hmm. is you're going to see um, the argument that you're going to have a guy that carries his bow with him yeah, and also has a gun yeah. and is going to go shove that, that arrow into the bullet hole. Right. You know, for sure. And I um, understand
0: that too. That's another argument to my point. Yeah. Just like, yeah. And,
2: and that's why, I, I, and I, I know this because I've actually had this conversation with DNR because I, right. I, I wanted the same thing yeah. and it's, it's, it's harder for DNR officers um, to number one be able to care uh, to be able to cover the amount of territory that they have to to do their job properly. Right. Um, Which, by the
1: way, side note, DNR officers need more money. I think. Yeah, absolutely. The guys that go out there and do that they and they do a fantastic job. And they've been trimming sure. down. We've got a DNR officer who's a, who's a good friend of ours. I won't say his name because he's going to be on the episode here pretty soon. But they used to have a unit that just got. You know, the funding got kind of cut for it. And it was like, dude, you guys are doing nothing but good. But, again, who cares that this unit that's doing good is saving deer lives because it's not anything that we can make money off of. Yeah, yeah. But, but back to, I want, back to I want where to, you were going.
2: Yeah. yeah, so, you know, that's just, you know, we the last thing we want to do, especially in the state of Illinois with uh, the fiscal situation that we're in yeah. is have to put more of a workload on our DNR officers yeah, because right. we see less and less of them because of budget cuts. And we don't want to have to have them make uh, a decision that they're not 100% on. Right. Um,
0: so, yeah. It makes sense. I get it. I get all the – I get. there's an argument to everything. And, yeah. and the last thing I want to do is stop hunters from hunting by making little, like, laws within laws – you know what I mean? Kind of like. Yeah, the, for so, sure. For but, sure. You know, I I do. I, I definitely see the, the positive points and the bill that you put in for that. I think that's great because when I was little, I would love for my dad to be sitting there with me with a gun. And I want to do the same thing with my kids. Yeah. For and, sure. And,
2: and that's that is one of the very good things about the legislative process. And that is why the bill last year was not called as introduced because there's. To this day there's negotiation going on with that language. Right. And can we get some language in there or, or some ideas to make it better so we can curtail some of those questions that we you know, that we just talked about and brought up. So right, right. um a, a a lot of legislation takes, you know, two, three, four would five
0: it, years. Maybe would it make um more people be accepting of that bill that you're you're pushing in if it was like the you know, it can be if the kid, because the kid can shoot a muzzle or a shotgun. Is that right? I don't know a whole lot about it. For about I believe so, so, yeah. It should be, you know, if the adult's going to take a firearm, it's a muzzle only or something like yeah. single shot. Like yeah. maybe that would make people that are more, eh, I don't know about this, more like, okay, well, it's one shot. The dad can't fire off. They can't be pushing deer and fire off five or three rounds and then reload and shoot three more. Right. You know, it's one and then probably right. one and done. Right. You know, maybe that would be a way to kind of get that in. Um, yeah no a little further yeah still effective you know if you know hopefully not but say your your kid shoots one and it hits it in the gut and it goes out to 50 more yards and it's standing there hunched over and you're like well you know he's not going to be able to sink another one if you have to go in and shoot with a muzzleloader to cap off the hunt Mm -hmm. you know that for the animal's sake is a is a better thing um and for the the child's um I guess future and motivation to be a future sportsman that's going to help more because they close the deal on the hunt. Yep. They learn from yeah. that experience yep. and it just makes for a better situation for everyone.
2: Yep. Which, not not to change the subject on you, but you you jogged something in my memory. And this, I, I wanted to ask you guys about it being, uh, you know, uh, bow hunters. Mm-hmm. So this guy from uh, Whiteside County called my office and uh, he's a disabled veteran and he said, Can we pass a law uh, during bow season? Because I've always, bow hunted, but now I can't because of my disability. Mm -hmm. Um, He said, uh, have you heard anything about these new air bows? Oh, no. No, I cringe immediately. Oh, boy.
0: Well, Um, this is why I bring it up because I want to talk. Here's my opinion. I feel like if that ever goes into place, we're going down a nasty, nasty negative spiral. I think um, I think better off air bows just need to be a recreational thing only I don't—I think, you know, use a crossbow. That's what I think.
1: My my personal feeling here, you're a disabled veteran. <sighs> I might get in a lot of hot water for this, but it's for the vets. Like, you got disabled in combat or whatever.
0: You're going down a Man, deep trail. And
1: go ahead and use—you could— Use a shotgun? Dude, no, I to nope. a oh, I'm, no, I'm gonna, no? Cut, I'm right. gonna cut you off. I, you
0: I, I no, shut up. I'm gonna put my foot down here. Oh, okay. I think you can't do that. You just can't do it. I don't care what you've done. And I all respect our veterans. All respect everything. Yeah. You, you just, you can't do it, dude. It, there's. Just you gotta certain, keep the law. No, there's certain, certain things okay. I believe in. I am, and I hate to say this. If you're disabled and you need to use a crossbow to hunt, that's the only way I feel like crossbow hunting should be legal during deer season. I kind of get the, like, isn't, like, later season you can use a crossbow after, like, December 15th. Um, I'm cool with that. If you have a disability, you can use a crossbow. I'm 100% okay with that. The airbow thing, I
2: think that needs to stay. I think
0: that needs to be for coyotes and hogs only.
2: What about about using an airbow during gun season? I'm against it.
0: I think that it's, um, we don't... They just, I think, just came out, like, last year. Yeah, because yeah. it's too yeah. new
1: of a technology that you really want to be... One, it's an
0: inconvenience, it ha- man. You have to have, like, you have to have that thing charged up with air, and you only uh, really get so yeah. many shots. They're loud. I uh, And
1: as new as the technology, is, like, how do you know What's the difference
0: between an airbow and a crossbow? A crossbow is more effective, probably, yeah. and more convenient. Why... An airbow is just a thing that someone made up, the Crossman or Benjamin or whoever made it, to make money on something different and cool. Mm -hmm. That's the Mm -hmm. only reason why it's for. It doesn't need to be for hunting. I don't know if it's even ethical. Like I don't know what kind of power it has. And People are going to think, well, it's a gun. They're going to think they can shoot farther than what they really can. I think you're going to see more wounded animals. How is it going to shoot with a broadhead on it? How long is your arrow? What grain arrow can you shoot at? Like, Has it been tested through all this stuff that crossbows and... Compound bows have been through. I think that we're better off, leave it crossbows and compound bows when it comes to arrows. And that's my strong opinion.
2: Well, Curtis, I'm sorry I asked. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, you know what? I'm sorry. No, no, no. I mean, I was giving you a hard time. I, was I a hard you time. You swayed my opinion. I you didn't know mean what? to
1: get worked up. No, but, no, no, I, no, I know, but you you know what? You kind of swayed my you, opinion. You, you
0: give too much push, and then yeah, the walk and break, I, and I, then it just goes negative. Yeah, I can kind of
1: see where that, that goes. And, you know, to, to bring up the point that, you know, hunters are the most I'm just honest. passionate about archery, yeah, you know. Absolutely. And I'm like – you know, I'm passionate about veterans. Like, you know, for me that's why I I I would have gone out on a limb for guys can that can use have a crossbow,
0: done... man. If you can shoot a if you can pull a trigger on an airbow, you, know air you can pull a trigger on a crossbow. Yeah, bow.
1: and you know what? It, it maybe we should if if disabled veterans can use a crossbow absolutely during archery season. I guess I'll go that far. I mean, you know, I'm passionate say about you're it. If you're
0: disabled, use a crossbow all bow season.
1: Yeah, and but
0: an air bow is, it's a gun with an arrow in the barrel. It's a gun.
1: Yeah, and you know what? It, Not saying it has the
0: same velocity and power and kinetic energy of a gun. It's just, let's just keep that out of it. I think it's, that's part of the challenge. Bow season is so long because it's a challenging thing. Yeah. And crossbow is probably less challenging than a compound. But if you're disabled, it's just as much of a challenge for you to get out there and do it. Let's keep crossbows and compounds. We'll save gun season for guns. Air bows is a recreational fun. Sh- Let's shoot at a target. If you got to shoot varmints with it, I'm cool with that. Hogs, I'm cool with that. Coyotes, I'm cool with it. Let's keep it out of our um, like highly respected like um elk. I mean, you're not going to. Sh-
1: so, so let me ask you, Kurt, are you passionate about archery then?
0: I'm very passionate about archery. All right, that's all we needed. To know. I just—that's what I think. It's—I should... didn't know until now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, d- hey uh, d- Make sure you get that. Maybe guy I got Friday. too worked up. I'm no, not sure, no, no, make sure no. you get that guy that called in and then play him that clip. I will. So he'll he'll I know. Will. I'll send. The, <laughs> I'll
2: send the link to him.
0: With all due respect, it was on uh, Ricky Bobby. Just because you said with all due respect, <laughs> you can't say whatever you want to say to <laughs> sure me. Sure as hell does. <laughs> But so, I went off the deep end maybe, but no,
1: you're like your 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 passion is one of the reasons why this podcast started. Um and- you know, I, I look up to everything you say. So if you say something, I'll automatically change my opinion, Kurt. Right. And, Kurt, I'm sorry for even bringing that up, man. It's a man. dictatorship
0: here at the Working Class Boner Podcast.
1: Kurt's going to yell at me after that. He's like, why would you even think that? This is archery only. But, <laughs> dude, you know what? I, I totally agree with um, Let's ask this to our what listeners. you're going at.
0: What What do you guys think about the new Airbows? That's a uh, good question. Because yeah. it's new, man. I'll tell you this. We were at Archery Trade Show last uh, winter in, where were we? Uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Was it? Yeah,
1: Louisville. And I remember getting that picture that you sent me.
0: They had airbows there, and I'll be honest with you. Every time somebody shot one, I ground my teeth to dust because not not because of the airbow in general, because of the sound of it. Is it, it had nothing to do with the airbow at all in general, yeah. but it was like we'd be over here at this archery booth shooting this new bow, having a conversation with uh, like Darren. I was talking to Darren Christianberry at the Elite booth, and Darren's like one of the top. 3d tournament archers in the world and we're sitting there talking and boom this air bow goes off and it's just loud as heck in there and he's like holy crap he's like that scares me every time that thing goes off yeah and it was so inconsistent you just couldn't get used to it shooting Mm -hmm. and everyone else around they're like that thing is ridiculous man Yep. So maybe it's my first impression of them where I was at at an all archery compound bow show. Sure, sure. And they introduced us there and everyone there was like, what the hell is this thing? Like, get this thing out of here. Yeah, that was my reaction. Maybe I need to play with one and be like, man, these things have more power. They're more respectful than what I think they are. Maybe yeah. I'm completely ignorant to them. But first opinion, I already gave it to you, you know. Right on. It, 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 so,
2: yeah, yeah. But- well, speaking of, of loud things and, and quiet things. Um, I'm also the co sponsor of a bill that I'm hoping we can get past here. Oh, let's soon. hear this. It's uh I believe it's Senate Bill Two see the two oh four or two oh six. Um it's to uh legalize silencers in the state ooh, of Illinois. Oh, all right. That's um, interesting. Yeah, so um hoping to get that done. Um I, I love going shooting at the range and uh it's nothing love better keeping your ears. Yeah, N- nothing nine. better than than being able to shoot without uh, having heavy ear protection on. So,
1: so yeah, Sorry. um, it, yeah, this has been a this has been a super cool podcast. Um, where can people find you? Because uh, you're online. Talk about your website. You got a Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Kick.
2: Yeah. So, uh, yeah my my website uh is uh Senator Neil Anderson um dot com and Neil is spelled N E I L. And then of course on Facebook it's uh Senator Neil Anderson and or my personal one which uh, I probably use more than anything is just uh yeah Neil.
1: There you go. Um yeah it's uh and you're in the seventy second district here which uh um, thirty
2: sixth. Oh thirty sixth thirty sixth Senate district, yep.
1: What's seventy second? What am I Seventy
2: second is the uh state state rep oh seat. okay. Yep.
1: Yeah okay. All right now is are your thirty sixth district. Yep. Um Again, maybe if we had independent districters, yeah. that, that would be a little bit different. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, it's it, it's been super cool having you here. Um, obviously, you hear about hunters. Um, you care about the working man. You know, you go look at your voting record. Like, that stands forever as who you are as a person. And, like, you are the type of politician that I think a lot of our listeners would vote for each and every term assuming that you don't get your way and put term limits big government <laughs> limited everything <laughs> no here. i i i yeah. term
2: i term limited myself i'll i'll serve i'll serve uh two terms and i'm done <sighs> well, it's so respectful so much man good. yeah it is so respectful um
1: you know you're looking out for the uh for the hunter here and everybody else and you know we appreciate that Curtis here can't vote for you, but I sure can.
2: <laughs> well, I appreciate every vote. You why know why can't I vote?
1: What? Because uh, we, you literally live two streets away from being able to vote. Oh yeah, yeah I, I right. think you're is right. where it is uh, for from him. But yeah, you know yeah. you've you're um, right. you're, uh, you're down in Illinois. You know, obviously, um, if we put a bug in your ear, you can take it down to uh, people who can um, who can really change things, and that's super cool. Yeah. So, you know, if people want to email you with some, some good ideas, they just go to your website or.
2: Yep. Yep. Uh, you can uh, go to my website and there's a link there. Otherwise, uh, my, my state email is, uh, Senator Neil Anderson at Gmail. Um, I, I, I try to be very, very good at getting every email answered in a timely fashion. Um, but, uh, we get a lot of them. So, so give me, uh, give me a few days at the very least, but, yeah, you know, I again, I've always been about uh, you know, it it's it's not it should not be about politics. It's about representing. Mm-hmm. It's about representing people. It's not about party. Um just do the right thing and stand by your principles.
0: That's uh, that's so refreshing.
1: Look at that. Hey, that's the way we're going to end the podcast now. Instead of go shoot your bow, we're going to just use that. That was good. We'll just
0: re- <laughs> I'll play that on loop and we'll end it on every episode of But uh <laughs> No, yeah, I'll put all, the, all your links and everything that we talked about in the description of the episode. Um, thank you so much. Yeah, um, thank you, guys. Definitely that was awesome. awesome. You are the most, I would say, w- the most professional person we've had. Is that We can say that, can't we? I would say Yeah, because
1: so. he's the actual whole government, right, <laughs> sitting right down there. <laughs> yes, <Yeah, laughs> the
0: government. Yeah. Um, thank you, man. Um, I think we'll have you on again. Especially. I would love to. I'd um, love
2: to. This is awesome. And we'll get you shooting a bow. Absolutely. I got one. I need to I need to dust it off. I I haven't had any time to scout with my uh with my state job, so. Oh, there oh, yeah. you go. Well, man. we'll
0: get you going again here. Amen. So, all right, guys. Hope you enjoyed this. Uh you know what to do. Go shoot your bow. Later.